How do you do? Mr. Brian Peters feels it would be a little unkind to present this podcast, gravely amusing, without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold an episode from the mind of Brian Peters, a fan of pop culture who sought to create a podcast after his own image, without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest podcasts ever listened to. It deals with two great fandoms of pop culture, humor, and horror. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such strain, now's your chance to... Well, we warned you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of Gravely Amusing's debut episode on the history of Frankenstein. In part one, I spoke about the amazing Mary Shelley. In this second part, I'm going to break down her novel for you. It is because of this very novel that Mary will forever be the mother of sci-fi and horror. And I'm as grateful now for her and her novel as I was as a 12-year-old kid walking into my middle school library asking for something a little bit more grown up from Goosebumps. And my librarian handed me this green leather bound copy of Frankenstein. I mean, it was the most beautiful book I've ever seen. I I still never found another copy like this. It was just, oh, it was gorgeous. And I opened the book and I started reading and it quickly became my favorite novel of all time. What intrigued me about this book was the humanity of the creature, his loneliness, the the rejection from his father. I mean, I was a poor kid whose father left him when he was a baby. I felt rejected by my father, just like this creature. And I, I wasn't the best looking kid. I was chubby. I really didn't have any friends at that time in my life. They either moved away or... It was middle school, so you know, it's time for new friends. So reading this book, I just understood this creature. But there is an age-old question of who really was the monster. Is Victor Frankenstein the creator of the monster? Or is his creation, the modern Prometheus, the new Adam, really the monster? I'm going to let you decide. The Book of Frankenstein, if you somehow do not know, is a story about a mad scientist, Victor Frankenstein, who decides to play God by finding a way to create life from dead matter. So have a seat if you're not driving, get a warm cuppa, and let Uncle Brian tell you the tale of Frankenstein. Our story begins with Santa Claus writing a letter to his sister from the North Pole. 
only Santa at this time is calling himself Captain Walton. Walton is a failed writer who gets a crew and decides to explore the North Pole for science. He does not reveal that he is Santa Claus or that he's actually looking for Megatron. That doesn't get revealed in this novel, but we, we know what's going on. During the voyage, Walton and his men see in the distance what can only be described as a giant person, a giant creature, whatever, on a dog sled. A few hours later, the team finds a nearly frozen man named Victor Frankenstein, who is in pursuit of that giant that they just saw. As he recovers, Victor begins his tale. Victor was born in Naples, Italy, to a wealthy Genevian family. He has two younger brothers, Ernest and William. Since Victor was a small child, he had a deep desire to really understand the world. When he is five, his parents, Alphonse and Caroline, adopt Elizabeth and later Justine, who will become the nanny of young William. In some adaptations, Elizabeth is actually his cousin. But in some other adaptations, Elizabeth is like a ward of the family, like Dick Grayson, if you will. Whatever. Victor would also meet his best friend, Henry Clerval, who also has great ambitions. Right before he leaves for college in Germany, his mother dies of scarlet fever. She actually catches this from Elizabeth. And she dies. But before she dies, she makes Victor promise that one day he will marry Elizabeth and take care of her. Victor would soon still leave for college and deal with his grief in another way. Around this time, Victor witnesses lightning strike a tree. As he's captivated by the power of that, he realizes that there's so much that man just doesn't understand about nature and the understanding of life. This makes Victor study mathematics and science because it's based on facts. But he'll quickly switch his beliefs back to philosophy, which will prove to be his downfall. Victor's philosophy teacher is a dude named Professor Kripp. He gives Victor lots of crap for his studies and ideas because before this, Victor was very much obsessed with alchemy and just mixing things and I don't know, it was like old school magic type thinking. But he, Professor Kreb does encourage Victor to learn more. He's just, he's just a harsher, harsher teacher. Professor Waldman would be Victor's favorite teacher. Waldman is a man of chemistry who's just nicer to Victor, and he's more nurturing of Victor and Victor's awkwardness. He also ignites in Victor the want to be great with this very speech. Waldman says, the ancient teachers promise impossibilities, and they perform nothing. The modern masters promise very little. They know that metals cannot be transmutated and that the elixir of life is a chimera. But these philosophers, whose hands seem only made to dabble in dirt and their eyes to pour over the microscope or crucible, have indeed performed miracles. They penetrate into the recesses of nature and show how she works in her hiding places. They ascend into the heavens. 
They have discovered how the blood circulates and the nature of the air we breathe. They have acquired new and almost unlimited powers. They can command the thunders of heaven, mimic the earthquake, and even mock the invisible world with its own shadows. Wow. It was at that moment that Victor had an idea. An awful, horrible, terrible idea. He is going to develop a way to give life to dead matter. Victor decides that if God can create life, and God can take life away, like God took away my mommy, why can't man create life as well? Victor will create a man. This takes him two years to find out a way to create life. And it takes him a few more months to make the body and put it together. He neglects everything else in his life, family, friends, his health, everything, to create something. He runs into issues with the creation, though. Because of the circulatory system in the human body, he needs the man to be very large. Victor has to make the man about seven feet tall, I'm sorry, eight feet tall, and proportions all have to meet that. Now, Victor, being a medical student, would take body parts from morgues, dissection labs, and what he could not find, he would just rob graves. Victor builds the creature basically in his college dorm room, not a laboratory on a castle or on the hill, in his college dorm. Um, yeah, he's not having any girls over. A quote from the book about the creature's appearance. His limbs were in proportion, and I had selected his features as beautiful. Beautiful. Great God. His yellow skin scarcely covered the work of muscles and arteries beneath. His hair was of a lustrous black and flowing. His teeth of a pearly whiteness. But these luxuries only formed a more horrid contrast with his watery eyes that seemed almost the same color as the dun white sockets in which they were set, his shriveled complexion and straight black lips. While I've not seen every version of every Frankenstein movie, I think Robert De Niro and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was probably the closest to what this monster should look like with Christopher Lee in The Curse of Frankenstein probably a close second. So that should give you some interpretation. Um, but I'd never seen a monster with flowing black hair. Uh, that would be that would be interesting to see. Uh, Victor sees his creation, and he thinks it's a monster, and he quickly gets the heck out of there. He's like, "Yeah." He falls asleep though, and he dreams of death and graveyards. When he awakes, he sees the creature is alive. And standing over him, smiling, with his arms reached out. Victor rejects that monster and flees his apartment. While walking around the city, he runs into his boy, Henry, and says to Henry, Hey, Henry, want to see something cool? When they return to the lab, the creature is gone. Victor becomes ill for several months from worry and stress about the monster's disappearance. He received a letter from his papa that his younger brother, William, has been murdered. 
Victor races home and investigates the crime scene. He sees his creature hiding and looking upon him in the distance. This leads Victor to believe that the creature has killed his little brother. Justine, William's nanny and Victor's somewhat adopted sister, is convicted of the crime and she is found with William's locket that contains a picture of William's mother in it. Victor says Justine is innocent, but he will not explain why. He assumes no one's going to believe him, and he doesn't want anyone to think him more crazy than he really lets on. Justine is hanged for murder as she is unable to explain how the locket got in her person. Consumed with guilt, Victor escapes to Witch Mountain. While on Mont Blanc in France and upon some glacier, Victor is approached by his creation. The creature is able to speak very well and is clearly of intelligence. He states to Victor that he is the creator and he is Victor's Adam. He states that he had a kind heart at one time, but Victor neglecting him grew violence in him. He begs that Victor hears his tale. They retreat to a cave. And Adam, as I'll call him, begins his tale. Now, this, this, in my opinion, is the best part of the novel. As we see what the creature went through, we see how he observed the world. And this is where I'd say you create your opinion on which one's the monster. So the creature begins with describing his first days of life in the woods. He describes his first experiences with light and darkness, hunger, and cold. He discovers fire and its ability to burn him, but also to cook food. He also meets his first humans. They're afraid of him, so he learns to hide. He finds a spot near a cabin with a family, they, an elderly man and a young woman and a young man, and they're going about their day. The creature sees that the man is blind, and it seems young men and women are just miserable with life. To make it so he's not mooching off of them, the creature collects and leaves wood for them near the cottage in the dark. And over a few months, he, he might eat their food or bread, but he would leave stuff there to help them. He begins learning language from them and understands the young man is named Felix, and the young woman is named Agatha. The creature one day sees his reflection in a stream of water. He begins to understand why humans have fear, as Felix and Agatha look nothing like him. But he believes that if he speaks and acts kind to the family, they will see that he is good and accept him. A few months into it, a young Arabian woman named Safi, um, yes, yeah, Safi, comes to the cottage. Felix is very happy to see this woman. Felix instructs her on history and his Christian ways. It is at this time the creature discovers that throughout history, man is capable of great evil. The creature also comes to the realization of its loneliness and wishes they had never stumbled upon this family, as it's only made him more miserable and lonely. 
the monster would find out even more about the family. It seems that this Arabian girl, her father is a wealthy man or, or a Turk and was charged with a crime. Felix offered to help the Turk evade prison, and in the process, he fell in love with Safi. The Turk says, for your help, Felix, you can marry my daughter. The, four, the three of them flee to Italy, and Felix's involvement is, is found out. The government strips Felix and his family of all their riches and all the money they have, and they're banished by the government. Felix returns to his family's cabin, absolutely poor, but hoping the Turk will keep his word and let him at least marry Safi so he doesn't die a virgin. The Turk said, hell no, you're Christian or Muslim. No way you're marrying my daughter. Hook free. Safi ran away from her mother and found Felix. I'm um, sorry, ran away from her father and found Felix. I got confused in my Iron Sheik impersonation. My apologies. <laughs> this teaches the creature that man can't be trusted and happiness is rare. Soon the creature would find three books in the woods. Uh, two of them are like, like I think they're like poetry books and stuff. The one that matters is Paradise Lost by John Milton. He sees himself as Adam in that because Adam was created and banished from Eden or his home. But as he sees himself as Adam, he finds a little bit more connection with Satan as Satan receives no love whatsoever from his creator. The creature also reveals he took some of Victor's records in his escape. He explains to Victor that he knows how he was created and he blames Victor for creating something so disgusting. The creature continues and says he chose to reveal himself to the father de Lacy while the kids are gone. He believed that the blind man would not be biased against him, you know, because he's blind. Things go well till Felix and the girls return. Felix attacks the creature, saying all kinds of horrible things to him. Safi runs away. Agatha passes out, and the creature flees. The next day, the creature returns in an attempt to calm things down and try to make him amends and explain himself. The family is already gone. It turns out Felix sold the lease with the landlord, and they would never be seen again. In rage and sadness, the monster burns down the cottage and makes his way to Victor. The creature believes that if anyone can understand him, it would be his creator. And he has a right to have love from his creator. On the way to Victor, the creature actually saves a girl from drowning, but is shot by her father. He experiences pain for the first time for weeks, and this stirs more anger and vengeance in his heart. When the creature arrives in Geneva, he meets a young boy, believing that children are the only ones that could possibly show kindness to him. He hopes that he might find a friend with this boy, so he approaches him. Friend? 
The boy was terrified at him and yelled at him and said, my daddy is Frankenstein. He's going to beat you up. Hearing the name Frankenstein and the boy being absolutely horrible to him, the creature strangles the heck out of that boy. The creature then finds a nearby barn to hide, but there is a beautiful girl inside sleeping. Furious that he will never have a woman of that beauty, he takes the locket from the dead child that he took and he puts it in that girl's pocket. The creature says, I am alone and miserable. Man will not associate with me. But one as deformed and horrible as myself would not, desire, would not deny herself to me. My companion must be of the same species and have the same defects. This being, you must create. He is Adam. It is time to have his Eve. The creature feels it is his right to have happiness. And as his creator, Victor has the responsibility to make this happen. If Victor refuses, the creature will kill his whole family one by one, just like he killed William, and never stop hurting Victor till he has his mate. If Victor makes a, make for, makes a mate for it, the two will escape to South America and never bother a human again. Now, this is in Geneva, for gosh sakes. Well, actually, they're in France at this time. South America is all the way over here. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is flat earth times. I don't know. I don't know how the creature expects to get him and his bride all the way from France to South America, which is across the ocean. But, um, yeah, whatever. Mary, you know, you know, she's allowed some mistakes. Because of that threat, Victor agrees to make him a mate. The creature informs him it's going to be watching and waiting. Victor travels to Scotland with Henry to begin his work on the creature, but quickly says goodbye to Henry as he has to do this alone. And Henry can't know all that he's doing. Victor researched and gathered materials for the new creation for the past year. He begins, but he's haunted by the thought that the creature might actually breed with this bride of Frankenstein, or this bride of the creature, to make it the, the correct terms. He fears that they, too, will create a horrible new breed of monsters, which also I, well, I mean, it was 1800, so, you know, I don't, you know, maybe they didn't know that uh, well I don't know if he could have had children I mean would electricity ignite the eggs in the woman would electricity ignite the semen in the man I don't know I, yeah it's gross I don't want yeah let's not think about that more um, so thinking about how they might have kids Victor destroys the new creation. So the woman actually never gets fully made. She is destroyed. The creature who was watching him do this and watching him work bursts through the door. You will make me woman. No, I will not. Then I will be with you on your wedding night. Victor is terrified even more knowing the monster is sure to kill him on his most happy day and leave Elizabeth a widow. 
Victor sails out to sea, throws all his tools and instruments in the water, and falls asleep on the boat. The weather gets so bad that he wakes up on the shores of Ireland, surrounded by the popo. And they arrest him for the murder of his best friend, Henry, whose body is conveniently on the shore next to the boat, right where Victor shows up. Uh, Victor is in jail for months, but he is rescued by his father because there was no evidence of Victor killing this guy. They had, they, they had nothing. Victor then tells his father the truth, that he's responsible for the deaths of his brother, Justine, and now Henry. The father thinks him mad and just ignores it. Victor finally gets a letter from Elizabeth saying, Hey, marry me, dickwad. Victor agrees, and he feels he can't escape his fate. He informs her that they will marry, but he has a secret to tell her after the wedding. They marry, but on the honeymoon, Victor prepares for the final showdown with the monster. Victor goes to hunt the monster, paranoid that he's just going to die on his honeymoon. So he leaves the, the, the uh, honeymoon suite. And comes back to find Elizabeth dead. Victor sees the monster taunting him and tries to shoot the monster, but fails. Victor's father dies of stress of this situation, and I guess old age a few days later. With no one left in his life that he loves, Victor vows to end the monster once and for all, no matter what it takes. Victor hunts him in Europe and Russia, and finally the Arctic. Each time, the monster is five steps ahead. Which brings us to Captain Walton's ship. The ship is currently stuck in ice, and this time, the crew members threaten to mutiny if they don't get out of the ice and turn the heck around. Victor tells Walton and his men to grow a set of balls and be men. They knew what they were getting into. Danger and risk is the only path to glory. A few days pass, and Walton decides to turn around. He decides that actually he doesn't want to be Santa Claus. Uh, the buddy of his named uh, Chris Kringle would be a better, better pick. Victor states that he's going to press on after they leave and go for the creature. But he's too weak, and he dies. His last words being to Walton, they sorry, and he should pursue happiness and not ambition. Walton says goodbye to his friend, saying that he did the right thing in trying to destroy the creature. As Victor breathes his last breath, the creature, the monster, Adam, boards the ship. Walton calls the creature a wretch, and it doesn't phase the creature. The creature has been rejected since the moment he came into the world. He holds his father, Victor, in his arms and says goodbye. For in the end, he is alone. His crimes have brought him no peace, no joy. The creature asks itself, who was really the monster? The creature or the angel who was created and has now fallen? He is not a man, but truly a monster. The creature decides to end himself so no one will know of his existence.
the creature Adam leaves the ship and goes into the cold, dark abyss as he entered the world, never truly alive, never truly loved, and forever alone. This novel will forever be one of the greatest novels of all time. If you're not a reader, well, I, I just gave you the whole novel right there. So you're welcome. So as appreciation to me for what I just did for you, how about you listen to the third, which is the story of the 1931 movie Frankenstein and the 1935 sequel Bride of Frankenstein. I will be here waiting.